Welcome to the Gospel Ministry of Exchange Church. Thank you for connecting with us for our Bible talk today, and please feel free to share these talks with others as well. It's our desire to connect people to Jesus and grow people in Jesus. To find out more about us, please visit our website, www.exchangechurch.org.au. We're going through a sermon series from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, the Gospel of Jesus Christ according to Luke. It's a book out of the New Testament and uh, really enjoying studying that and uh, working through uh, the various chapters. Uh, I've got to tell you a story that will help set the scene for today. Um, back in primary school, uh, in my earlier days, I remember clearly this test that we had to do. Uh, we were told uh, to listen carefully to these instructions first prior to the test. And the instructions were, read carefully through the entire test before starting. Then complete your test and bring it to the front. A few minutes later, I saw those people handing back their test completed. I thought, how do they do that so quickly? How do they actually complete all these questions in the test? The last question on the test said... To complete this test, you only need to answer this question and then hand back your test. Now, do you think I was one of those early starters or early finishers? Or do you think I was one who just got into the first question and started answering the first question? I didn't read through the entire test. I just got to the first question and started answering. So I'm thinking, how the heck did they do this? Well, they listened to the instructions of read through the entire test first. And then start the test. If you got to the last question, you realise that's all you had to answer. I, did, I failed to read through the whole test and failed to listen to it carefully. Jesus today is going to take us through a parable where he wants us to listen carefully to the gospel. Listen carefully to the gospel. Now let's go to Luke chapter 8 and we're going to read through verses 4 through to 21. <clears throat> Starting in verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard, Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while and in a time of testing they fall away. And as for that, what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. As for that, in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Verse 16. 
No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And for the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he, that is Jesus, answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this uh, privilege. God, thank you today for your word. Thank you, Lord, that it is alive. I pray now that your spirit would come and actually just unveil to us what you're saying here through the parable of the sower and the seed. You would give us ears to hear, to listen carefully, and to be just like that good soil, Lord. Bear fruit, bear fruit in abundance. Please open up our hearts now, we pray, Holy Spirit. All the distractions and the things that have happened today, please just help us now to listen, to listen. And we ask that in your name, Jesus. Amen. So in Luke's Gospel, we've reached a bit of a turning point here with Jesus. Uh, He has actually gathered a significant following of people up to this point in time. And even there you see, as Luke writes there, it's from town from town. People are coming out and streaming out and uh, gathering around about him. Uh, Jesus is not getting a big head over this or trying to build himself a reputation here because of this large following of people. Uh, What he actually now begins to do is sort through the true believers, the ones who have truly listened, And the spectators, the ones that are just looking for a spectacle, are those who truly want to follow Jesus here in comparison to those who are just maybe picking up a few fringe benefits of Jesus and not really listening or hearing what he's saying. He's about to sort of sort that out somewhat. So what Jesus does here is tell a parable, and a parable is like a story as we just saw. They're illustrating a point. And Jesus uses this story here along with a couple of following passages which are all linked together to actually do that, to show who are the true believers, the true followers of Jesus Christ and what they'll do in response to trusting in him as their Lord and their Saviour. And as we think about our big idea today, it's this. If we listen carefully to and obey the gospel, Jesus will enable us to bear fruit in any situation of life. Uh, let's jump into it though. Uh, so Jesus tells his parable here, which was really easily understood by the people of his day. I mean, the common farming practice of broadcasting sea was just happening around about them all over the place. And I'm so glad today that we don't do the farming techniques like they did back then. I couldn't imagine Tim and Neville going around their thousand acre property just throwing the seed out by hand. Or maybe Neville might be in the ute behind Tim beeping the horn, go faster, go faster, Tim. Possibly, but praise God, we've moved on from those techniques. We've got other stuff now. But the story here is about a guy who's throwing seed out around his paddock to sow this seed. Uh, the seed's being broadcast out widely. It's not sort of precision sowing of seed. It's just thrown out, uh, and he throws a seed, but and it lands on soil, but different types of soil in the story. And there's actually four types of soil here that we're looking at: hard, crusty soil, uh, shallow, rocky soil. 
weed-infested soil and good fertile soil as well. And each of these soils, uh, the seed will get a different response in when it lands in this particular type of soil, ranging from absolutely nothing, no return on the seed, to a bountiful crop. It'll actually range from um, 0 to 100, basically, uh, with these different types of soils. And then at the, at the end of this parable, in verse 8, Jesus abruptly says this, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Look, that's, the, that's the parable he said, and then he just comes out with that. What's Jesus doing when he says that? He's actually issuing an invitation. The invitation is this, for people to think on and consider what he's just told them. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's an invitation to listen and think about what Jesus has just said. Uh, The disciples don't get it and probably the rest of the crowd maybe don't get it as well. Maybe some did. So then Jesus now begins to proceed to explain this parable, what he means by telling them this story. Uh, And the central idea of the parable is this. It's how carefully are you hearing and listening? Because you'll notice that the common word, they heard, they heard, they heard in different ways. How carefully are you hearing and listening to God's word, the gospel? In verse 11, he explains there that the seed he's talking about is God's word. It's God's word being proclaimed. And the four different types of soils are four different types of people who hear this word differently and how they respond to the gospel as well. Pardon me. Uh, so the first type of hearing we see there is somebody with a hard heart. Somebody it's like that hard soil. These people are totally closed to the gospel. Uh, they may give you the courtesy of hearing you out as you explain yourself to them, but then they are completely unresponsive to the gospel. It's just like it bounces off concrete. It just doesn't find any traction at all. In truth, the, the word of God doesn't even register with them when you say that. It's totally unresponsive in that first case. The second type of the hearer, though, uh, does listen or does hear the gospel in part, and they may even make a profession of faith or a profession of belief in Jesus. Yes, Jesus, you are true, but really this is a shallow type of hearing that this person has heard. They may have been to some emotionally charged meeting where they were asked, do you want to follow Jesus and discover a better life? And it comes out a bit like this. It's a life where the grass is always green. The flowers are always blooming. And the chocolate Tim Tams never run out. Do you want to come to this life? And in the heat of the moment, yes, I want that. That's the life I want. But then they discover a little bit down the road, maybe a few weeks, maybe a few months, that the sun has stopped shining. The flowers aren't quite blooming like they were. And the chocolate Tim Tams have run out. Life's hard. And in this time of testing, the people in the heat of the moment who put their hand and say, yes, that's me, I'm out. I'm gone. I'm done. I'm, I didn't sign up for this. And off they go. You see, they've heard the gospel, but only a shallow depth of the gospel has really taken any hold. Their roots haven't gone deep down into who Jesus is. The tough times have come, and as their roots have only just shallow in the surface, they had nothing to draw from to actually carry them through those difficult and tough times. The third type of hearer does listen to the gospel, perhaps a bit more than the second type, and it appears like they're embracing Jesus as their saviour to perhaps a greater extent. 
But this third type of a hearer is a distracted hearing of the gospel. It's a distracted hearing. It's not a singular focus on who Jesus is and how he consumes my life in joy and delight. It's a distracted um, hearing. It's like these people have competing interests with Jesus in their life. It's like, I want Jesus, but just as much I want a husband or a wife as well as Jesus. Or I want Jesus, but just as much I want a life of endless joy and pleasure, just as much as I want Jesus. But these are like become competing interests. Jesus hasn't become the central focus of who they are. And it's, when it's these competing interests are like that, it's like weeds growing up in a garden. We've all got gardens, and we've all got weeds in our gardens, and what do the weeds do? They grow up mighty quick, don't they? And they just choke out everything else. And this is exactly what happens when we allow these competing interests, to, as it were, to compete with Jesus. And this is what he says in verse 14. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. The weeds take over, and all of a sudden they become consumed by that. I grew up with a young lady in my youth group probably... 30 plus, probably 40 years ago now. Amazing how quickly the years go by. 40 years ago. Grew up with this young lady in our youth group uh, and she seemed to be following Jesus. Uh, Loved him. But at the same time, she was one of those people who wanted to be married at all costs. She just wanted to be married at all costs. And, And one day she actually discovered a guy who showed some interest in Jesus. Beauty, I'm going to marry him. And she did, she did. Uh, and they got married and they and sort of, you know, life got on for about a year or so. But then not too far down the track, she discovered this guy wasn't the real deal for Jesus. He wasn't really following Jesus. That didn't matter, though, because she was married. That was the competing interest in her life. She was OK with that. And today, sadly, I still know this lady and I still see her from time to time. And now today, she shows no true love for Christ at all. These competing interests come in and choked out uh, this small amount of faith she had at that time. Ultimately, she cared more about marriage in her life than she did about who Jesus was. Just a picture there of how that happens. She didn't truly hear and embrace the gospel. These are all people who heard the gospel but didn't listen to it carefully, didn't take it in, didn't hold it fast. And today we still have these types of responses from people as well as we may share Jesus with them. We're still called to proclaim the gospel, to spread it far and wide, to, as it were, broadcast and tell people about Jesus, like, just like scattering the seed across the paddock. And we still get these types of responses. Some people it does, it just bounces straight off and you can't go any further. Other people you might get a bit of an opening and you can talk a little bit more about that. Still get those responses today. But there's a fourth hearer here as well that Jesus meets in this story. This is somebody who hears the gospel well and then puts their roots deep into Christ and their life produces a fruitful crop of abundance here in this life. Look at how Jesus describes them to us in verse 15. He says this, As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. What do they do? 
They hold God's word fast. They hold the gospel fast. What does hold fast mean? Maybe it's a bit like when you fasten something to the wall. What are you doing when you fasten something to the wall? You're actually you're sticking it on securely. You're holding on firmly. You're making sure this is not going to fall off. You're actually sticking it on really, really tight. So you'll, it'll never fall off. You'll never lose this thing. You'll never lose what you're trying to nail down tightly. Then with God's word, as we think about that, as we hold it fast, what do we do? We embrace Jesus tightly as revealed to us through the gospel. We hold on tightly to the truth of who he is. We cling to this truth. We don't let it go no matter what is happening in our life. For those who hold it fast, for those who hold on to Christ, no matter what is happening in our life, we don't let it go, Jesus says. That's the good soil. We hold it fast. But he goes on and talks a bit more about this in a following passage in verse 18. He says this. He's, he's telling them in there, take care then how you hear. It's an instruction then to, his, to the people. Take care then how you hear. Be diligent to listen to the gospel. Stop and take time and think. Think. Think about what's being said. Slow down and meditate and reflect on what you hear or you see in God's word. Don't let it just sort of just pass you by without stopping to think about it. Verse 15 we see there and we should just read it slowly. Hearing the word, hold it fast. Stop and think what those words mean as we read that. We're in verse 18 again. We read it slowly. Take care then how you hear. Think. And that's really hard for us to do in the world we live in today. It's really hard for us to stop and think about what we're hearing. This is one of the things that God's ordained through the gift of preaching. We actually get to hear and we're meant to stop and reflect and think about what's saying. Now, I'll tell you why it's hard this now. I mean, according to Google research in the year 2000, uh, it showed us that the average attention span of an adult was about 12 seconds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. You've gone. You've gone to something else. You probably didn't even last 12 seconds, did you? <laughs> but that's what it told us in the year 2000. Have a guess what? In 2015, the same researchers have done this and have come back. It's now 8.25 seconds is the average attention span of an adult. I'm going to make you feel real good now, okay? Scientists tell us that goldfish have an attention span of nine seconds. <laughs> You do the maths. I'm serious. That's, what, that's the average attention span. We, have, we live in a soundbite world. It's just little grabs and we move on. What do you do on social media? Look and scroll, look and scroll. You just don't stop, do you? Well, you might stop if you see a picture and you might stop for maybe 8.25 seconds and you move on. That's the world we live in now. What's this done? It has dumbed us down. We don't stop to think and reflect on what we've just seen or what we're reading. We actually become lazy. 
we switch off. We zone out. We're not trying to think about what's happening here. We allow our minds just to drift. Why is that person wearing a blue jacket over there? Well, that's what happens when we sit here, isn't it? We sort of look across and see what somebody's doing. Why is that blind only this far from the bottom? It should be right to the bottom. We just think about anything. Oh, that's right. I left the hose on. Oh, no. Does that happen? Well, a few nods. It does happen. Jesus says, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't switch off. Don't zone out. Listen to what I'm saying, Jesus says. Because your eternal life hangs on it. Carefully think and reflect and consider what God is telling us as we open up his word here. This is the good soil. This is the good soil that Jesus wants to sow the seed of the gospel into so that we will bear fruit. You see, how you or I hear the gospel is vitally important in our lives. Vitally important. The gospel is the most important thing that you'll ever, ever hear. You'll hear lots of stuff over your lifetime, but the gospel is the most important thing. It's more important than the footy scores. It's more important than the latest health craze, and there's heaps of them going around. It's more important than the latest fashion. It's more important than the stock market, whether the shares are going up. It's more important than that. It's more important than planning the next camping trip as well. But it's surprising how easily our minds get filled with these things. The gospel is about God. It's about our creator. It's about the one who gives us breath and life. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about his rescue mission to save us. It's the most important thing in the world that we can think about. It's about our eternal life. Not just the 70, 80 or 90 years here, or maybe 20 years here or 15 years here. It's about eternal life. Here's the amazing thing. Knowing that, would we really only give God just a passing interest if it's that important and it's that true? Will we just allow God to get choked out of our lives by the cares and the pleasures and the riches of this life that we just don't give God the time of day or think a little bit more deeply about him? It's amazing. Would you do that with a doctor if you've just been diagnosed with cancer and he's giving you now the steps forward? What would you do then? I'm all ears. Please tell me how to get better. All of a sudden, we're taking every single thing in the doctor tells me. You've got my attention. Well, the gospel and eternal... Cancer is important to, to get over, but the gospel and eternal life is way more important than cancer, way more important than being well there. But some of us will hear the gospel like that sometimes, hear the eternal life that offered for salvation of our souls, and sometimes we just say, oh, hey, um, oh. I wonder what the weather's going to be like next week for the camping trip. That's sort of how we respond sometimes when we hear the gospel. It just bounces. We don't seriously take in what's happening. You see, friends... How we listen to the gospel is so, so, so important. That's what Jesus is telling us here. 
Now, another part of carefully listening to and holding fast to God's word means something else as well, what Jesus is going to share with us. During Jesus' teaching here with these vast crowds gathered around about him, uh, his family, his earthly family, come to find him and look for him. Uh, They can't get to him because of the crowds. They're sort of pressing in on him and they just can't get to him this way. Jesus is told this, and then he responds in verse 21 as he's told about this with a really powerful point. He says this, but he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Did you see that link? Did you stop and reflect and think about what we just read then? Who are the people of Jesus' family in this big picture sense? Well, it's the people who hear the word of God and carefully hold it fast. But what else do we see about them here in that little verse that Jesus just said. They hear the word of God and they do it. This is vital with hearing God's word. To truly hear God's word must lead to doing it, obeying it, following it, making it part of our lives. To truly be submitted to God's word and recognising it for what it is as God's word, we must obey it. If we say we've listened to a command of God, his word, but then not do it, I would think all that's happened is we've heard it, but didn't listen to it. If we listen to Jesus say, love your enemies, but we don't go out and do that, I think we heard it, but we truly didn't listen to it. We didn't hold it fast. We didn't take it in. We didn't capture it and actually make it part of our life. Jesus said if you carefully listened and held fast to the word of life, you'll obey what you've heard as well. What's that obedience produce for us as we obey God's word? Well, the gospel changes us. This truth transforms us. It changes the way we think and the way we act. And in verse 15 it actually says that that we'll bear fruit. I'm sort of wondering what fruit that might be. I think a really good indicator for this fruitful life that the gospel wants to bear is probably found in Galatians 5, 22, 23 there. And some of you will know this from your Sunday school days, but maybe this is the first time. Uh, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. That sounds like good fruit to me, doesn't it? That's the character of Christ. That's the character of a faith that's living and active inside of us, but walking in obedience to God's word produces that fruit. And that fruit looked pretty attractive to me. If somebody could live with that character, wouldn't that be attractive? Wouldn't you want to hang out with those people? That's the fruit the gospel produces within us as we take Christ's word in and obey it. That's exactly what Jesus desires for us. To listen to the gospel carefully, holding it fast, not letting it go, then obeying his word with a glad and joyful heart, then a life of producing spirit-empowered fruit, radiating, showing the person of Christ. Today's Mother's Day. Today we honour and we celebrate mothers uh, and what a gift they are to us. And I believe as I was looking at this passage, this gives uh, tremendous encouragement to mothers, this passage here. Not only tremendous encouragement, but a powerful privilege and opportunity as well. 
The encouragement is this for mums. Jesus wants you to bear this fruit. Through all the hard hours, the hard days, the hard weeks, the hard months and the hard years, Jesus wants the mums to bear this fruit. The Holy Spirit is working in and through you, through God's word, to know his joy and peace as you listen to it carefully, as you take it in, as you obey it, as you make it part of your life and you see what it's revealing to you, you'll bear a beautiful fruit, glorious fruit, attractive fruit in your life of love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, patience, all that fruit. It's an encouragement for us that Jesus is working in us to bear that fruit. But he's also a privilege and opportunity that we have as a mother today as well. And this could apply to all of us for sure. Mums, you have a really powerful position of influence within your family. A really powerful position of influence in your family. You see, Jesus tells us to not only hear the gospel carefully and take it in and hold it fast, but also to share that gospel with others as well. Look in verse 16 where he says that. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. What's Jesus saying? He's talking about the light there of the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is. We don't light a lamp and then put a cloth over it, do we? We just sort of cover it up. When you light a lamp, you light it to let the light into the room. This is what Jesus is saying here. Mum, you have the light of the gospel within you. You actually have something that you can radiate out, the greatest news in all the world. You have that within you and you have this opportunity to let it out and be shown that anybody could hear. And you don't want to cover that light up. You don't want to cover up that good news that you've got because it's good news. It's the best news you could ever hear. You want to let it shine. Well, mums, you have this massive privilege that you can do that. God's God's given you children to nurture. In the early days, it's 24-7. There's lots and lots of time spent there. From the ground up, you actually get to see them all through the seasons of life and you can tell these little people about the greatest news in the world, the gospel of Jesus Christ. They can hear about Jesus who went to the cross to die for our sins, to rescue us and to save us. You can influence them. It's a golden opportunity. It's a powerful opportunity to do that. Doesn't always go to plan though, does it? You influence and you influence and you influence and it doesn't quite follow the script sometimes. Sometimes our sons and daughters are like some of those original hearers in that soil. Some could have a really hard heart. Some could have a shallow heart. Some could have a choked out heart. And as a mother, you look at that sometimes and it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Because you know how important the gospel is. And when you see your son or your daughter not taking that into it, and you've invested so much time and energy trying to influence them, and it seems like their heart is so hard to Jesus, and it seems like the cares and the pleasure of this world are just choking out their life, all you can do is shed tears. Because it means a lot to you. The story's not over, though. The story's not over. Believe it or not, you are still 
influencing your son or your daughter right through life, regardless of how the circumstances may be appearing in that way. How am I influencing them? How is this happening? Because they're totally unresponsive. How is this happening? As you continue to bear gospel fruit through all the ages and stages and seasons of life, as you hold fast to God's word, you put it into practice into your life, the fruit that you bear, the gospel fruit that you'll bear, will speak of the power of the gospel into the life of your son and daughter. They may not be giving you the response via word, but they're looking at you and seeing how you respond in life, and they're saying, Mum's hanging in there. Mum's experienced a whole lot of rubbish for me, but Mum's hanging in there. That fruit is speaking into the life of your wayward son or daughter. It's speaking loudly. The Holy Spirit takes that, that life that bears the fruit of Christ and then uses that fruit to bring your wayward son or daughter back home. So don't ever lose hope in that mum. That fruit speaks and it's still influencing when it appears like it may not be. So what do we do? We take hold of the gospel. We hear it well. We hold it fast. We sow it deep down into our life. And with the Holy Spirit, we bear this fruit, this character transformation, this beautiful transformation that Jesus makes in our lives. And we just see what he does with that to glorify himself and to play a part in rescuing and saving our families today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you today as we come and uh, hear the parable of the sower and the seed. Father, we thank you for the word that is eternal, that is living, that is powerful. God, this is your grace that you've given to us. Today we sit here, we open up this word and it speaks to us about eternity. It speaks to us about the most important thing in this world. Maybe there's some in this room, Lord, today that have been like concrete. This word just bounces off them. Maybe others in this room have just taken the word in really shallowly, Lord, and just didn't really get what it was and just moved on. Maybe others, Lord, have heard it and taken a little bit of it in, but then got consumed by the pleasures and the cares and the riches of this world and just went off in their merry way. Father, we pray today for good soil, for good soil. That word will go in deep. That word will be planted. That word will germinate. That word will grow. That word will become fruitful. And that word will begin to radiate and shine so others that can see Christ out through our lives. We pray today, Holy Spirit, please work that into our hearts and lives, particularly for the mums, Lord, those here today who have wayward sons or daughters. Help them, Lord, to continue to persevere on, to keep producing this fruit. We ask and pray, Lord, that you would take that fruit and make that fruit attractive, bringing their son or their daughter back home to the gospel, we pray. Uh, Lord, today we ask that we pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen. We trust you have enjoyed our Bible talk from today. If you have any questions or comments from today's talk, please feel free to contact us at info at exchangechurch.org.au. Also, we love to welcome new people at Exchange Church in person, so consider yourself invited to be with us.